0: To support this podcast, go to Positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positive sarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to PB and Joey.com for more information. Also starting August first, which is right around the corner. Any order over thirty-five dollars is free shipping. Once again, thirty-five dollars or more free shipping. That's PB and Joey.com. Jay you know I'm loco? Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. Good evening, everyone. I am live streaming, of course, from the Spare Parts Studios. Uh, you can find me on Twitch.tv slash PositiveSarcasm1. Uh, sorry I'm late. I had... It, I had to sort some things out with a friend of mine who had uh, a dire uh situation dogs are funny creatures but you can um you can find me on social media you can find me on facebook.com positive sarcasm you can find me on the instagrams you can find me on MindsMinds.com. just look for positive sarcasm you can find me on reddit as well uh you won't find me on twitter because i deleted it two week about two weeks ago week and a half ago yeah it's great it's great beautiful weather out Got some bathtub gin freaking iced coffee that I made. It's disgusting. It's not bad. Just the click kick I need. I don't need to be pounding hardcore, you know, Cafe Bustelo at 7.15 at night. I mean, what kind of fucking savage am I? Savage, I tell you. Savage. I do have a bunch of articles. So, we're just going to treat this like, you know, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We're not. All right, fuck it. No, I had a friend come by. They had a situation with their dog, and, um... Something to do with autoimmune disorders and seizures and just one of those things, man. It's It sucks because you, t- you can take your animal to the, you know, you can be bright and on time and take your animal to the vet and stuff like that and you literally can lose a whole day or a whole two days just waiting to hear from, you know, because there's so many other dogs that are there and waiting to be, get in line and then just to have them run tests that don't have any conclusion, so they keep the dog overnight, so they can monitor their issues. And then it caught. And at the end of the day, they give you all this information, and a lot of the times they don't even solve the problem, or they can't identify the problem, and you're out like five thousand dollars, and nothing's been solved. So I, I do. I, I mean, that's something I can't bring into my life right now. You know, I couldn't even have a, a fucking goldfish. I, I can't even remember to, to to water my aloe vera plant. Imagine if I had a little sausage dog running around here. I think it would be a dried prune in the corner. <laughs> I just think it would be, I think it would be fucked. I'd feel bad for that dog. But thankfully I don't have to since I don't have them. But, man, you dog owners, you know, you you, you do love your pets. I got, you got to admit, you know, except for the ones who, you know, throw them in trash cans and abandon them and put them to sleep simply because they're moving one county over and they don't have the space for their pupper. So, uh, besides them, yeah, you guys are awesome. But, yeah, it's tough, man. Dropping everything. People gotta work, people got shit to do, vacations to have, families to take care of, kids and stuff, and dog gets sick because it was in a puppy mill or... It ate something it shouldn't have or the breed has been bred that way for way too long. So it has, you know, it's, it sucks. So I feel bad. I, this is why I personally never go to the, I, I never visit the doctor's office at all. Just me personally, because I don't want to be paying for myself. Imagine paying for your little doggo. You got to take time out of your day you get, you get, you know, and you know you can't afford to take the time, the time off. But you know you can't work. You can't go to the gym. You can't do life because you're just too busy thinking about fucking foo foo and it just brings things to your screeching halt. So shout out to all you dog owners. It's 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 a it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare Um when that type of stuff happens and it's constant. It happens all the time. You know, I remember when I was a kid Shit man. We had dogs all over the goddamn place. We had let's see. We had two Springer Spaniels. Or Britney Spaniels, whichever one would will call them, uh, who fell into a well when I was like seven years old. Fell into a well. One of them dro- one, was knocked unconscious and drowned when, he was in the, when she was in the well. The other one was alive. We were able to get her out. And then she was hit by a car like three weeks later and died on the way to the vet. So it was that. We had Skipper, who died of pancreatic cancer at the age of six. Which is pre, you know preceded seizures and all that other stuff. Uh, we had Jenny one, who <laughs> we had Jenny one who uh Let's see, she developed fluid in her lungs and she was like twelve or thirteen years old. Though she lived a very long life, but she ended up just you know drowning in her own fluids. I think she died peacefully though. So I came, but here's the thing is, I came home to all of this. So imagine you experience death in the most horror, you know, horrific sense uh, as a kid, you know. I'm, you know, I heard the dogs barking for a couple of days and I didn't see them until I decided to f- listen to the barking and went out I went in, out into the woods to search for them. I had to go into the woods in places I'd never been at to search for dogs barking and they've been barking for a couple of days. a Few days. And I discovered them in the well. And I, I'll never forget that. That's one of those things as a young kid that you never forget. It was rugged. And then I was there when the dog got hit by the car. I didn't see it, but, you know, I was in the, I was in the house when that happened. And then I came home to Jenny One, who was my pupper. That was my pupper, my doggo, when I was a kid. You know. And I came home, and she was on the chair and she wasn't breathing she had just died that one hurts so so much you know you you really do have a certain connection with some of these animals that is just so tight um that you almost there can't be a human between the two that dog is your everything you know that animal is 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 your everything it's i don't know what you cat owners or you ferret owners or you sugar glider owners or whatever your pet snakes I don't know I in my opinion I don't think it compares to dogs I don't I just don't I don't see it Dogs have these these different personalities these goofy dumb but intelligent personalities where they can sense they can sense all of your moods and they kind of glide with them Hold on. My freaking... My live stream just went down. Hold on a second. What the fuck? Well, let's try that again. Let's go live again. Shit, well, that broke that freaking... That mood. Um, like I was saying, it's like... Dogs are just... Sorry, my podcast goes down sometimes. so I don't have to, I don't have to tell you. Dogs have these personalities that just you know they they feel they're they're excited to see you and for whatever reason maybe it's just cuz they're stupid i don't i don't know it's just it is what it is because that's what it is and dogs are your protectors they're your children's protectors they're the durable unit that your kids learn on they're the the item the entity that couples learn how to be mothers and fathers before the real baby comes along it's that dog that dog is the training the durable training module that everybody starts to get acquainted with in the very beginning and that dog can take it now i don't know about these little you know min pins or these little fucking chihuahuas these little tiny dogs that you literally step on you know their pinky toe and you got to put them down the next day I don't know about that, but these these bigger dogs, like these Cocker Spaniels, or these Corgis, or something that weighs more than three and a half ounces, and the strongest connection in the world. They just look at you, and it's like all, you know, the world's hope is in the eyes of that dog. George Carlin said it best. Comedian George Carlin, look him up. He, he mattered. He said, look into your dog, just look into your dog's face, and think of anything that's happening to, in the world, and it, you you would truly believe that it's happening at that moment to your dog, <laughs> and he, he's like, I don't know, it's crazy because because they, they got eyebrows, you know, or at least these little ridges that pass like eyebrows, um, and they manipulate with that. They do. They have the greatest faces. So, shout out to all you dog owners. Um, to my buddy, I hope your dog. Uh, I wish your dog a uh, hopefully a speedy or at least not a speedy, but a long, healthy recovery and a long-lasting life. Um, I hope that uh, you know. I don't know what else to say. It's tough. You know, it's, it's not easy to have a conversation while fucking Fifi is uh, getting an MRI. It sucks. Just one of those one of those things. It's like you can't talk about anything else. What are you gonna talk about? Work? I hate talking about. When people talk about their with their jobs and shit, it's like i don't I don't care you know it's like yeah, I get it we, none of us none of us would want to be there you know, nobody has careers anymore they have jobs because a career you even if you weren't paid as well, you'd still be there jobs you if you didn't get paid or if you weren't as paid as weren't paid as well, you wouldn't be there. you would have bolted a long time ago that's a job, okay that's a job we're just doing it you're just doing it to get paid better. Okay. Um, this is a movie. That I sometimes I haven't reviewed movies in here in a long time, but there is some movie news that I wanted to cover really quickly before we jumped into like all the other shit. Uh okay. There was some hubbub back uh, when Captain Marvel first came out. There was the culling of all the. uh they they basically a bunch of people, a lot of people, basically review bombed Rotten Tomatoes. Basically trying to kill the audience rating of Captain Marvel. Not a good thing to do. But then again, the movie wasn't that great to begin with. Okay? The ratings were mediocre. Uh, and they did that. You know, you can... That's another reason why they did it. The fact this is that they took that ability to do that down. You have to see the movie. After the movie is posted, then you can review it. Now, because it's owned by Fandango, the only way to review on rotten tomatoes as an audience is to to prove that you actually went to see the movie which means you have to have got, you have to order your tickets from fandango in order to review see how that kind of thing works the little monopoly on the situation so fan you in order to review a movie on on rotten tomatoes you have to have the fandango account and purchase your tickets through fandango okay simple as that So that means that your Rotten Tomatoes... You have to... is it mean that Rotten Tomatoes uh, reviews can be compromised? I already think they were. I I think, first of all, the critic reviews are garbage. Okay? I said that plainly when The Last Jedi came out. That movie was a pile of dog shit. And yet it got like a 91 on fucking Rotten Tomatoes. Ho, please. That movie was not a 91. That movie was a 19. Okay? And yet it got that on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's not... It's, it's it's not real. So I think that there is some some flagrant shit going on in Rotten Tomatoes. And a lot of the same people, there's some people, I think Matt Atchity, he was a, an exec for them, and I don't think he works there anymore. But the fact that Fandango owns Rotten Tomatoes and you can't review on there until, unless you have an account through Rotten Tomatoes and purchase the ticket through them. Uh, and then the critics are already bought and paid for too, and I don't believe the freaking critics. So I got to say, if as far as movies go, I no longer believe that Rotten Tomatoes should be your go-to when looking at a movie's overall score. I just don't think it's worth it. Um, I think you should go and find some YouTubers and watch them review, review the movie and see what their thoughts are on it. Or IMDB, go to IMDB and see what they have to say about it. Look at the user reviews and see what they have to say about it. And go from there. I think that's how you should be trying to decipher whether or not. Because does it matter? Yeah, it's your 15 bucks. And when you're going to go see one movie a month, so it's 15 bucks a month times what? Times 12 months? Or you're seeing two movies a month? Or seeing three movies a month? You don't want to be wasting your time. You don't want to be wasting your tickets. If you're going to purchase Netflix, you want to make sure you're watching good, you have stuff to watch. If you're purchasing, purchasing Amazon Prime, you want to make sure you have stuff to watch. If there's nothing on there, you're not going to watch it, you wouldn't pay for it. Okay, so you're hundreds of dollars a year that you're spending either on Netflix or on Amazon Prime or on movie tickets. You want to make sure that the shit you're watching, the, the people who are reviewing it, are actually not full of it. So, I wish you luck in your search for, next, for where you're going to see your movies. But I can tell you one thing. Rotten Tomatoes is not the place where you want to check reviews. So, F that noise. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck Fandango. Go somewhere else. I know Rotten Tomatoes, I know Fandango is just, hey, that's that's how it works. You just go, you know, Fandango, obviously it would make sense for them to purchase Rotten Tomatoes and to kind of get a grip on that. But sometimes that just doesn't work. Sometimes that, that strategy does not work. Um, anyways, so I do have some articles today. I know, let's see, it's 15. I, if I did a, a podcast on Saturday with, because I have a movie, I've been, I was up, I was up a little late last night um, editing a movie short. I'm actually doing a sequel to the movie The Beacon. The movie The Beacon that I did was a five-minute short that I did for the Pulkin Film Scramble. And it won for Best Film. Then I took some time off of it because I was focusing on other projects, obviously. And then I finally decided I was going to jump back into the scramble. And last night, I actually finished and submitted... The sequel to the Beacon, it's called The Traveler. So also, and and Giovanni Orlando Pena, who was in the original movie The Beacon, is now starring in the new one called The Traveler. And he was on the podcast Saturday. We actually did a guest, uh, a guest, po- uh, guest pod, little <laughs> Guess I'm tired. A guest pod, uh, and I I posted that Sunday, so you can go and check that out. That's available iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast, Google Play. You know all, all that shit. So that was then, and I was, okay, cool. So you can go check that out, that interview with him. Chatted about what kind of food he likes, where he's from, he's Dominican, how we met Polkin, Team Polkin, all that stuff. So it was nice to get a chance to talk to him. I did almost fall asleep through the, through the podcast, but that's because I was tired. And it is not the first time that I have fallen asleep at a, in a podcast. I was here by myself, and next thing I know, my eyes were almost completely closed. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm yawning right now. I don't know what's the matter with me. I sound like Bernie Sanders. Medicare for all. We gotta open the border. We gotta let everybody in. And they can eat all our food. Um. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, what a relief. I gotta get some sleep. Anyways. Now, speaking of movies. <laughs> Uh, I know that Avengers Endgame just came back Into theaters for a hot second But A movie that came out a billion Years ago Is actually also making its way back into theaters This is on CNET By Amanda Kuzer, Star Trek the motion picture Ooh, That's like 1977 uh, James T. Kirk What the fuck's his name William Shatner The Shat is back Beams into theaters 40 years later. Get ready to experience the belly warmers on the big screen once again. Okay, William Shat. Okay, this, if you've never seen um, the original 1979's Star Trek The Motion Picture, it's trippy as fuck. It's actually a really good flick. It is really, really a good flick. I enjoyed the hell out of it. And these were the quality Star Treks that everyone appreciates. One through six, these are great movies. These are all-time classics. Uh, let's see. Let's go through the thingy, though. Let's see what they had to say about it. The gray uniforms were a little goofy. Yeah, they had very different uniforms in Star Trek 1. So two through six, all the uniforms were red. Uh, and then, and of course, in Star Trek, the, the original TV series, they had like blue and goofy red. They had like these hippie commune freaking uh, uniforms. The ones in Star Trek 1 were actually pretty decent, but they were definitely in between. Let's see. Star Trek The Motion Picture kicked off a new era for Trek and revitalized the dormant franchise. That's an achievement worth celebrating 40 years later and with a return to the big screen. Ooh, I might see this actually. Paramount and Fathom Events are teaming up for the U.S. showings of the film on September 15th and 18th. This is the original theatrical cut starring the cast of the 1960 Star Trek television series. Tickets go on sale on August 2nd. In case you haven't seen it in 40 years, the motion picture picks up with James T. Kirk as an admiral, because he was originally Captain Kirk. He takes command of the USS Enterprise to go investigate a mysterious alien entity. Spock, Leonard Nimoy, Dr. McCoy, DeForest Kelly, and the rest of the classic gang reunite for the adventure. The motion picture stands out from the crowd of Trek movies thanks to its unique costuming and slower pacing. It was definitely slower paced. It's often overshadowed by the critically beloved follow-up Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, but it holds a special place in Trek history. This is where modern Star Trek started and worth revisiting. So that's going to be out... Where's that going to be? Let's see. What I want to find out what... Um, tickets are not on sale yet. Well, fucking tell me where. Oh, email address. See, because if it's going to be like in... Ba- Wait. Wait, September 15th? Ah, oh, shit. September fifteenth, I'm gonna be in. I'm gonna be in. Uh, San Francisco. Shit, what's September eighteenth? September eighteenth. Ooh. September eighteenth. Let me put in my email address. Can I put in my email address? R, I, D, A. Hold on. Give me one second. Put in my email address. I want me some tickets. Don't worry, we got you covered. Simply enter your email and we'll let you know. I just did that stupid. Anyways, so yeah, that's coming out. Star Trek The Motion Picture 1979 starring William Shatner and Boy. Check it out. It's awesome. Love it. Awesome. Guys, if you, um, I don't know if you're aware of the Equifax data breach. Equif- there are three main credit tracking, um, credit reporting agencies out there. TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. Now if you yeah if you're going to um, get a loan on a house or a car or whatever, generally they will che- they will check some a lot of them will check in with these reporting agencies. And if there's any issues or late payments, companies like Equifax, TransUnion, TransUnion is my personal go-to. they'll check the, and they'll check them out and see where your credit rating is at, what your what your debt is at, your debt to income, if you're late on anything, if you're in collections, if you're bankrupt, All that shit. Or if you just have no credit at all, which is what they call a ghost. Equifax is one of the top three. And they had a breach in 2017. And it was literally, literally, half of the United States. 147 million people were affected by this data breach. Okay? 147 million. And they were originally going to have free credit monitoring or if you were affected by it, you could be covered up to 20 grand or you could simply just get a, a check for 125 bucks. But then for some reason they just decided they, they cut a deal and now they no longer have to get the 125. You don't, they don't have to offer that anymore. It's like, hold on. You fucking blew your load on 147 million peoples. In United States, uh, 147 million people, of their of their of their social security information, their credit history. And all of a sudden you get to negotiate what you get to do with our time and our money. Oh, it's like, okay. I mean, I granted it's a lot of money, but I don't I don't understand where you have any say in the matter. Now, it does say that originally before they the $120, you know, check to if you, if your information was compromised before going before that was reneged, it says that Equifax will pay at least three hundred eighty million dollars in restitution and fund an additional one hundred twenty five million to cover out of pocket costs. So about five hundred million dollars. Now I have no idea how they're going to tr- how what the one hundred and twenty dollar checks uh, mean as far as that goes. I I just I don't know. But if you think this is something you should need to be aware of. So first of all, if you're not aware of the Equifax data breach, what you need to go do is check in with your credit card companies. You can freeze your credit. You can call up like TransUnion and get a, and get a free yearly report. I think it's creditreport.gov. And you can go through the information. It won't give you a score, but it will give you your history and your balances of everything that you've done or maybe may not have done. And then you can see... Uh, If there's been any breaches in your information and people are, and normally a lot of credit card companies that you do work with, they'll report you if there's suspicious activity. But a lot of the times these credit, these, these pricks who steal your information, they'll charge small amounts like a dollar here, $2 there, iTunes, just small amounts. And sometimes the credit, the credit card companies don't pick that up and then they'll go for the big purchase. So, they'll go for a dollar here, dollar there, and boom, big pictures, purchase. Now, you get stuck with the bill or they could cancel it. The person who stole your information still makes out with that big screen TV though. So, that's the thing to consider. So, I strongly advise you that if you did have, if, because of the Equifax data breach, you need to go and check out your credit. Your credit is one of the, is honestly, having bad credit, you are completely useless in the United States. You can't do anything. Uh, in some places, you can't get rent. You can't get a job. You fucking can't do anything. They may not even give you a cell phone. So these are definitely some things to consider. So please just go to like creditport.gov, go, gov, or go to TransUnion, 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 and get your credit checked. And if you're not sure what you're looking at, go well, fucking just Google how to how to review it. It's not hard. It's pretty simple it either looks in one it, the, if, if everything shows ones or zeros that means you're paying on time you'll notice it one little slip in not paying after 30 days and it gets reported can hurt your credit score by like 10 20 points very very easily so please check that out we did mention um I want mention a couple car news thingies let me get out of the motion picture thingy we mentioned car news last week we talked about how the, the corvette has gotten rid of its uh, its its manual, its uh, shifter, and it's gone mid engine. Well, they're talking about the Pagani Hara, which is a roadster. It's called the Pagani, B-A-G-A-N-I. It's also from roadster. Uh, this is by Andrew Croc. Is a th- here's the thing, the Corvette, the new Corvette coming out, is between sixty. It's gonna be between. It's they say it's under sixty grand, but. It's going to be between $60,000 and $70,000, and it's going to be a supercar. The Pagani Pagani Hira Roadster is a $3.4 million supercar. Now, that's actually not a supercar. Paganis don't make supercars. They make what they call hypercars. Hypercars really just do one thing, and that's a straight line at ridiculous speeds. Okay? Even though the Corvette can do over 200 miles per hour, the Pagani can do that as well. And Pagani can be be listed as a supercar, but Pagani and Koenigsegg are hypercars. They're just designed to do one thing, and that's just blitz. It's pretty impressive. Uh, It made its debut in a mobile game with the actual debut slated for Monarch. Yeah. The Hoyer has been out for quite some time, but when they make it the Roadster or the Spider, that means they just rip the roof off. Or... As they say in Cali, blew the brains out of the the car. So now you get to experience the wind in your hair. I love it when the hypercars and supercars actually get the roofs taken off. I truly enjoy it. Uh, Let me read a little of this article in here anyways. Days where Pagani reveals a new car. Check it out. Go P-A-G-A-N-I. Check out Pagani. Where Pagani reveals a new car, a few and far between. And thus each of these events deserves a little more attention after all and we're comparing a car that's not 60 grand but 3.4 million okay it's a couple it's a couple cape a uh, couple cape cod ranches for sure after all these are utterly ridiculous hypercars there it is built on the weird fringes of automotive engineering and their exclusivity makes them even more interesting today a day's today is a day worth celebrating then because Pagani has pulled all wraps off its latest hypercar. Ooh, Pagani on Wednesday unveiled the Hyra Roadster, B.C. It's his first debut comes in the form of a mobile. Okay, so it was showcased in a freaking mobile video game. But the car won't be shown to the public until the Monterey Car Week in mid-August. Nevertheless, it's one ridiculous car. And Pagani has already seen divulge a huge bunch of specs of all of which are confoundingly awesome. The Hyra Roadster gets its power from the Mercedes-AMG-assembled 6-liter twin-turbocharged V12. It produces a bonkers 791 horse, 91 horsepower, a fair bit more than the Hyrule BC in coupe form, as well as 774-feet-pound of torque. All that hustle is shipped the same day, rear 7-speed single-clutch automated manual transmission, weighing just 2,756 pounds. A roughly 70-pound decrease over the regular Horvath Roadster, the thing should positively scoot. In perspective, let's say, okay, the Dodge Demon is like an 8 to 900 horsepower car, muscle car. 8 to 900 horsepower. But it weighs 4,400 pounds. This car is 791 horsepower and weighs 2,750. My convertible V8, in comparison, weighs 3,250 pounds. This car weighs 500 pounds less. And it has a V twelve that's twin turbocharged. That's nuts. That is nuts. This thing is a psycho. It's interior and what I love about it is its interior is gorgeous. It's got this vented like suede black that goes over this 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 like camel brown and it's got the carbon fiber in the manual. It's just awesome. You gotta look at this thing. Uh let's see what else to talk about. Interior is a work of art. Yeah, yeah, these cars are handmade, hand-stitched, just all hand-everything. This is not a production car. Everything is pieced together. But, let's see. The car's are $3.4 million. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. What is this all about? Mm, I don't care about that shit. Oh, you just got... you. Yeah. Wait a minute. Not only are the cars $3.4 million each, but all 40 copies intended for production are already sold out. Okay, well, that's the end of that story. I guess you guys can't get your Pagani Hoira. Sorry, too little, too late. 40 cars already sold out. So, when you think about it, 3 times 10. Am I really going to do this? Yeah, I'm going to do this. Let's see, 3 times 10 is $30 million. So, 30, 60, 90. 120. That's $120 million. So, that's 120... So, that's probably like 140 to 150 million dollars worth of cars already sold in 40 cars 140 100, 140-ish million dollars 40 cars that's insane that's insane so check that out check it out Um, you want to know how freaking I have another article here that I actually found at the last minute we're just going to do straight articles and then we're going to close up shop it's all gross I already, got, I already did one podcast this week so bite me and I'm exhausted, but still gonna push it out. Uh, I gotta get my fluids in. So there's an article here from teslarati.com saying the Tesla Model Three sets a new EV cannonball record at 48 hours and 10 minutes. A Swiss family on vacation in the United States recently set a new EV cannonball running record, completing a journey from the Red Ball Garage. In New York City, the Cannonball Run was based on a movie where people start in this garage in New York City, and they drive all the way to uh, Redondo Beach, the Portofino Hotel. And that's what that was the movie, and whoever got their first wins. This couple did it in a Tesla Three Model Three in forty-eight hours and ten minutes. The feat was accomplished in an unmodified two thousand eighteen Model Three. Uh, the Thompson family, Tesla owners, have this, this, this uh, blah, 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 blah. The team for the EV cannonball run was comprised of Lars Thompson, a future researcher, and a lecturer his wife. Okay, that's fine. Let me see what the... Okay. I'm looking for the kicker here. It talks about the average, how much it weighed, how many times they had to stop to recharge... 290 how fast they were going averaging a speed of 58.9 miles per hour they stopped 19 times to charge at tesla superchargers okay i mean first of all two days to california from new york city is yeah absolutely impressive impressive let's see what else here okay here's the thing okay so they did this in 48 hours new york city to redondo beach california They did it in 48 hours and 10 minutes. That's the EV. That's the electronic vehicle cannibal run record. It's not the record, though. The actual record was done by three guys in a a 2004 Mercedes CL Coupe. And they weren't averaging 58 miles per hour. They were averaging close to 100 miles per hour. And they did it in 28, point, 28 hours and 50 minutes. They destroyed the original record. You understand, the entire time they're breaking the law, they had to put in an, an additional gas tank in the car, they put it in the trunk. Now, they designed it. The reason they chose the Mercedes uh, CL class, I believe this is a CLK coupe was because it's a few, it's a V8, but it was a fuel-efficient V8. So it had a lot of power, but it was a strong fuel efficiency at high speeds. And that's why they chose it. I think there was a couple guys from Atlanta. So the skew on this is, yeah, they, they did talk about uh, the Model 3 doing it in 48 hours, but they didn't mention the actual winner overall. And they should have done that because that's the skew on this thing. They should show that how far... That Model 3 is behind. Two days is not bad. Two days is not bad. But they also need to talk about how far away they are from being able to meet up to the standards of the original Cannonball run, the new, the the current record holder, and how long it's going to take. Because they still have to charge 19 times to get to Redondo Beach. And how much time that that's a whole day. But, like I said, they were averaging... I don't know if that car can average 98 miles per hour or whatever and be able to charge 19 times. I have no idea how many charges they had to do at that average of speed. But still, impressive that they did it. I have no idea how much it cost. That's definitely something I. Sh- I mean, that should be mentioned in the article as far as charging it and stuff like that, how much that costs. I have no idea. So you can check that article out at Tesla Talk. All right. That's done. That's done. Okay. Let's get to some space shit. Where are we at? 36 minutes? I'm going to finish these up and we're fucking done. All right. I didn't mention this last week. I thought I did, but I was wrong. This is also... I, I've i been killing the CNET lately. Surprise Asteroid. This is by Amanda Kuzer as well. Surprise Asteroid whizzed by Earth today, and we didn't even blink. What scares me about this article is the fact that this article... This, Uh, asteroid wasn't even big. And yet, how much damage it could actually do. So, let's read about it. NASA Dawn spacecraft captured the view of this giant asteroid Vesta in 2011. Don't worry, asteroid OK 2019 is not this big. Oh, different asteroid. Ah, I see what you did. You bait and switched me there. The Earth just experienced the equivalent of strolling down the street and minding your own business when suddenly a baseball whistles by your ear. The the baseball... was asteroid... Oh, you know. Was asteroid 2019 OK? A previously undetected rock that zoomed by a little close for comfort Thursday. First thing to note is the asteroid didn't actually hit us. It passed us safely. The rock is estimated between 56 and 128 feet in diameter. The fast-moving... That's it. So let's just split the difference. 100 feet. It was 100 feet wide. It's basically... You know, your normal anchored backyard. The fast moving object was confirmed by the asteroid hunting sonar Sonier survey in Brazil just a day ago. Quote The lackish warning shows how quickly potentially dangerous asteroids can sneak up on us. That was by astronomer Michael Brown. The all sky automated survey for supernova, project run by Ohio State, blah 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 blah. They took the trajectory, it came in within .19 lunar distance of Earth. Lunar distance is the moon's, moon's average distance to Earth. If you come within one lunar distance, you're cosmically fair, fairly close to our planet. It's quite delightful that the sneaky asteroid didn't eat Earth directly. That the asteroid, this, asteroid this size, would make quite a mess if it did collide. One kilometer crater, several megatons of TNT at impact. Holy shit! So a hundred foot wide or long asteroid could essentially knock out a city, the inner, complete inner city, several ton, megatons of TNT. Asteroid 2019 OK is, the, quote, the largest that has passed closest to Earth this year, noting it's zoomed by just 46,000 miles from our planet. Asteroids are constantly flying by Earth, but potentially catastrophic collisions are rare, according to NASA. The European Space Agency recently reported the good news that, elu- that elusive asteroid 2006 QV89 won't be smacking into Earth this year. Well, that's fucking comforting. According to the asteroid 2019 is an excellent reminder that we don't know everything when it comes to near-Earth asteroid object. Near-Earth objects. Add this one to the list of the near misses. So apparently ones that small, they really just can't see. You know, what's funny, too, if there was ever just a, an actual shower of these, of these sizes, we wouldn't necessarily see them until they were, well, coming right at us. And they would also have to pass through Earth's atmosphere. When you when you have to pass through the atmosphere, it's you're gonna burn. You're definitely gonna burn off a significant amount. So I don't know how much is gonna get through, and then and then how much it gets through determines how much damage it's gonna do. There's if you go on YouTube actually, there is a specific uh video of an asteroid entering Earth's atmosphere. It's like a giant fireball. And how that little fucking asteroid itself, just that tiny little rock shook like this this really cold ass town up north and in northern russia i mean it was nuts the the light pollution that it gave off was nuts it's really cool it like blew out windows and everything but because it was in russia we weren't able to really investigate too much further because the russians got a hold of it all right so there's that so watch out for shit hitting you in the head uh finally this last article Crab Nebula slammed Earth with its highest energy gamma rays ever detected. We talked about gamma rays uh, on last week's podcast when it came to Chernobyl. Gamma rays are like like invisible bullets. Too many of them enter your body at the same time. They can basically tear apart your DNA. This one is from Crab Nebula. This is by Jackson Ryan. About 7,500 years ago, a huge stellar explosion occurred in the Perseus arm of the Milky Way. So we're going to end on this nerd, on this nerd article. Some 65,000, 6,500 light years away from Earth. Astronomers first saw this explosion in the ancient sky back in 1054 as a point of light that slowly faded away, leaving behind a huge cloud of gas and dust. Gas and dust. These rem- those remnants can be seen today. They're known as the Crab Nebula. And deep within the heart of the cloud lies a very powerful, rapidly spinning neutron star. Oh. That sounds cool. It recently blasted Earth with its highest energy gamma rays ever detected from an astrophysical source. In the work published with a physical letter reviews, astronomers have detailed the detection of the mega energy blast by a special observatory located 4,300 meters or 14,000 feet above sea level in the mountains of Tibet. Ooh, Tibet. The Tibet Air Shower Array, as it's known, is made up of a series of underground pools finely tuned to detect high-energy cosmic particles that collide with the Earth. As it happens, the incredibly dense spinning neutron star at the center of the Crab Nebula has the power necessary to accelerate these cosmic particles and fling them at Earth. However, the particles aren't to scorch a hole through your body if they hit you because once they smash into particles in the Earth's atmosphere, they break down into a rain of subatomic particles. The rain is what the Tibet Air Shower Array 600-plus detectors is able to observe. Using some complex physics, you you can work backward pinpointing where the particles came from the sky and just how energy they have. Japanese and Chinese researchers at the Tibet Air Shower Array did just this and found that the Earth had been whacked by some incredibly high gamma rays, exceeding 100 trillion electron volts. And not just once, the team detected these 24 these events 24 times. What does that number mean? Well, electron volts are the measure of energy. A flying mosquito about 1 TeV of kinetic energy or something like the Large Hadron Collider Which accelerates particles and smashes them together operates at about 14 TeV. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. So. Ring police, promote these partnerships, social media. Blah, blah, blah. What's this? What do I care about? The fuck is this? I don't give a shit. Get out of here. Get out of here. Okay. Alright, what does this tell us about the Crab Nebula? Well, we've known for many years how it pumps out high energy particles and we've seen it pump out less energetic gamma rays for just as long. However, being able to see more clearly the range of energies it's producing might help reveal about the dense star at, at its center. Detecting more of these types of events will also help explain the origins of these superpowered comic cosmic rays. So, if it sprayed out more gamma rays than Chernobyl, why did it not tear us to shit? Simple. The Earth's atmosphere. Swallowed all of it up and didn't let it through. And like I said in last week's podcast, gamma rays are like that one thing you don't know shit about. Or you don't know anything. You don't know they're going through you until you are basically, you know, hemorrhaging and vomiting on the ground. If there's enough of them. It takes a certain amount of Remkin. Or Remkin is a reading level for radiation. So it takes a certain amount of radiation for that to actually happen. Whether long term or short term. So. I do find that shit fascinating though, actually. When you think about it. Okay. So, we went through a bunch of articles. It is let's see, we're at about 45 minutes. So, we're probably going to wrap up the podcast here. I'm just tired and I wanted to at least get a podcast in so you guys could, you know, my subscribers could get something. And I just wanted to check out these I, I was a bunch of cool articles I wanted to get to, but because of my time delay today with some uh, with some issues I had to deal with earlier, I you know, had to wait. So, but I'm going to have this thing out on Thursday. As I normally do, it's just gonna be a little bit shorter. It'll be about ten minutes shorter than my usu- fifteen minutes shorter than my usual podcast. But I already dropped one on Sunday, which you guys can check out, and then they'll have this one as well. So, if you want to support this podcast, you can go to positive sarcasm slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. If you're looking for posing music, you can go to positive sarcasm slash posing music. If you're if you're a fitness competitor and you need posing music, you know it's all it's all love. I'll make custom ones for you if you can, if I. If I can, why not hit me up on all social media? If you want to respond to me, uh, we can, you can hit me up at facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. You can email me directly through my website. Uh, if, uh, you want to subscribe to my Twitch stream, Twitch is twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one, uh, YouTube definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's YouTube. Look up positive sarcasm. Look for the logo. And, uh, of course for the podcast itunes apple podcast stitcher podcast addict google play music or you can download it or stream it directly from my website positivesarcasm.com so that is definitely it for today because i am completely fried from today's festivities i wish uh my buddy all the best with his doggo and hope everything turns out okay uh if there's anything you need you know where to find me bro but I want to thank you, the audience, for, uh, well, at least tagging along for this short week podcast, at least, you know, 46 minutes of just me getting those quick articles out here. But thank you guys for listening, watching, and subscribing to the uh, streaming live, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. I will talk to you guys next week. Stay tuned for uh, a video dropping very soon on my YouTube channel, the sequel to The Beacon. But until then, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any maps is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.